How you doing? You doing okay? It's great to be here. Great to be with you worshiping together uh, this morning. I always look forward to it. I look forward to getting online and hearing from many of you and interacting. And it's a joy to be with you this morning. I uh, want to encourage you stay connected in the best way you can. And one of the things we've been doing, we've started a new app that you can get on your Android or on your iPhone, and you can connect and you can get all of the latest updates from the church. There's also places where you can put in prayer requests and we can hear from you, and you can have people from the church actually be praying for you on a regular basis. And so we want to stay connected with you. If you have the app, listen, put in some prayer requests. We want to hear from you. We want to hear how you're doing. It's a great opportunity for us to stay connected. And so get our app. We want to be connected to you. And so this morning, we're going to be finishing up a series that we've been in. We were in a series called Hope for the Journey. And I hope you've enjoyed the series. I hope it's been something you've gotten a lot out of. One of the things we've been pushing a lot has been, are you using this time that we have to grow more in your faith? This is part of our spiritual journey. This is part of our Christian life as followers of Jesus. Are you using this time to grow in your faith, to be a better Christ follower. And so we've been encouraging you in that, and I hope that's been the case. And through that, actually today, the passage of Scripture that we're going to look at from 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 5 is actually an encouragement to all of us. It's the end of a letter that Paul was writing, and at the end, he just leaves some kind of instructions for that church. And I thought they were encouraging. And as I kept coming back, looking at scripture this week, this passage kept kind of popping up and I kept being encouraged by it myself. And so I thought, what a great way to kind of wrap up this series to get this instruction, these final instructions from Paul for a different church that can kind of instruct and encourage us as well. And so we're going to start this morning in verse Chapter uh, chapter 5, verse 12 of 1 Thessalonians, uh, for those of you that have your Bible app or your Bible at home are following along. And verse 12 says this, Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. Let me read that again because some of you might have missed that. Dear brothers and sisters, honor those who are your leaders in the Lord's work. You want to honor the people that are leading you spiritually. Whether that's your small group leaders, whether that's your pastor, whether it's your deacons, whether that's uh, maybe your youth leader for those of you in middle school and high school, maybe uh, whoever it might be, those of you that are leading you spiritually, are you honoring them? Are you blessing them? That's an easy passage for me to read to encourage uh, because I'll be honest, I like to receive honor. I like to receive those things. But really, it's much broader than that. Are we honoring the folks that are building us up spiritually? And although that section's a little bit easy to kind of read, the next section is a bit convicting for me, Pastor Arlie, and gave me pause for reflection this week. It goes on and it says, They work hard among you and give you spiritual guidance. Some passages even go as far to use the word toil. It's this idea of really working hard for the kingdom of heaven. And I had to evaluate, yes, it's nice to receive honor and things, but am I doing that? Am I spiritually guiding? Am I doing the things that are required of me pastorally? And there's some conviction there. 
And I do think I'm working hard. I'm trying to at least. But really, I see other folks too. I see Pastor David. He's working like crazy, working on video things, trying to get all of these. Everything that you see on a Sunday morning, Pastor David is kind of the one responsible for making it look good and making it all fit together. He's putting in tons of hours, doing a great job, and we appreciate him. And even the one voice stuff that we're doing together, I'm seeing how hard Pastor Kirby and Mike Holden are working towards building this kingdom of God here, of pouring into their people, of building up people of faith. And so let's appreciate them. Let's show some respect, some love um, as they give spiritual guidance and work hard. He says, show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Show them great respect and wholehearted love because of their work. Let's appreciate them. Let's let them know how much they mean. But then he says, and live peacefully with each other. This is hard to do. It's hard to live peacefully with each other. It's not a natural thing for us to do. I think we naturally want to fight. And yet, Jesus says, you'll know this by your love for one another. People will know that you're followers of Jesus if you love each other. And so we're called to live peacefully with each other, even in times of tension, even in times of stress, even in times of uh, chaos and living in and doing things that we've never done before. We're still called to live peacefully. He goes on with his encouragements and his instructions. He says, Brothers and sisters, we urge you to warn those who are lazy. It's easy to be lazy. Even in this uh, season that we're in, it's simple to be lazy. I make this joke with Jess all the time. I think I've gained the COVID-19. I put on quite a bit of weight because every time I walk by that refrigerator, there's food there and I get a little bit bored and I get peckish. And so I go to the fridge and I try to get some food. And I think our tendency at times is that we can fall back into laziness. I know I talked about eating food. I think it's all connected, but it's not just that. Are we working to build the kingdom of God? Are we making earth reflect what Jesus wants it to be? Are we being obedient to the things God has called us to do? Or are we being lazy? And for those of us that struggle with that, listen, let me encourage you out of that. Brothers and sisters, warn those who are lazy is what Paul is telling us to do. And then he goes on and even says, encourage those who are timid. It can be hard. Some of us are more naturally timid. Some of us are more in-your-face kind of people. I tend to be kind of like that. But some of us are more naturally timid. But Paul tells Timothy, he says, God has not given us a spirit of fear and timidity, but of power, love, and self-discipline. That the spirit of God that lives within us can allow us to do more than we think is ever possible. We think, well, who would want to hear from me? Who would be encouraged by me stepping out? Who am I that can change the world? And yet with the Spirit of God within us, we're somebody. We're somebody that has power, that has wisdom, that has anointing, that has an ability to do more. We don't have a spirit of fear or timidity, but a spirit of power, love, and self-discipline. He goes on and he says, 
take tender care of those who are weak. I've been thinking specifically about this verse at length this week and thinking about how even the situation, the pandemic that we're in, a lot of what we're doing is trying to care for those who are weaker, at least physically. Those who are maybe elderly, those who maybe have pre-existing conditions, we know that they're more susceptible and more easily get sick. So the whole reason we're doing a lot of the things that we're doing is to help do that, to live out part of this passage. We want to protect those who are susceptible. We want to protect those who are weaker. And so we can think of that maybe in a physical sense, but I think in the way that this is being written when it's talking about the things that he's talking about, it's also, I want to say, in a mental and maybe even in a spiritual sense this morning. Those of you that may struggle mentally or emotionally, maybe with anxiety, maybe even with depression, maybe with who knows what, addiction, different things like that, can we be, uh, can we take, can, can we take rather tender care of those individual. We care about you, we love you, and we want to help you get through it. Our our role as a church and as believers and followers of Christ is to have compassion for you, to take tender care. But what about even those spiritually, those who are spiritually weaker, and I don't mean that as a comparison, as in this person's strong spiritually and this person is not, right? Or compare it, uh, the regular visitor with maybe someone who's at church every week. Because I think something that's important that I want all of us to understand as I'm teaching this morning is as I'm reading lists of things that we should be doing, as I read uh, lists and ways we should behaving, be behaving as followers of Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you that we have always and will still be under grace. Grace is a fancy way of saying undeserved favor. And so what that means is basically we are sinful beings. We're sinful. We have sinned against God, and so we deserve punishment for that sin. But because of what Jesus did, he died in our place. So if we just believe in him, we just trust in him, we are saved. It's not because we get our life together. It's not because we live in such a holy way. God's impressed enough. He's like, I'm so impressed with how holy Matt is. I'm going to let him be connected with me. I'm going to let him into heaven because he's so holy. I will always fall short. It's because of what Jesus did that I can be right with him. But it's God's grace that saves us, but it's also God's grace that sustains us. God's grace saves us, but God's grace sustains us. It isn't that God's grace saved us. His sacrifice saved us before, but now we get our life together, and if we don't do it right, we should beat ourselves up over it. Or our faith isn't quite the way that we think it should be. We're not able to live out these things that Paul is telling us to do. Here's the good news. We're still under grace. We never stop being saved by anything but Jesus' sacrifice. And so as a result, we want to love Jesus, we want to live for him, we want to do things that please him, to be the best 
followers of Jesus that we can be, but we do so without condemnation. We do so without being having to feel guilty when we mess up or miss the mark. We don't have to feel guilty when our faith isn't at a level that we think it should be. No, we trust in Jesus more. We cry out and say, help me, Jesus, strive to follow you the best that I can. May your spirit empower me to be a better follower of you than I have ever been. It never stopped being about grace. And I think that helps us take tender care of those who are weak. Because some weeks it's our week to be weak. This week actually has been exceptionally hard for me pastorally. It's been a hard week for me pastorally. And just kind of spiritually speaking, I was really down and just struggling and feeling like I wasn't connecting with Jesus at all and hearing from his spirit at all. And I was kind of in a dark place, if that makes sense. And I was able to confess these things and talk through it with some fellow pastors, some brothers of mine who I respect and love immensely. And they were able to, able to kind of talk me out of it in some ways and kind of help bring me back up and pray for me and encourage me in my faith. And then I was also to be able to take some extended time praying and waiting on the Lord and spending some time praising him uh, through song as well, just listening to some great praise music and focusing on him. And to be honest, it was wonderful. But in those moments of being down, in those moments of not feeling connected to God, God did not connect, disconnect from me. I was always connected. It wasn't that I was failing him, so he forsook me. He left me behind. It's always been about grace. And if you're encouraged by one thing today, Know that you're still under grace, that Jesus loves you, and you're right with Jesus based on what he did and what he does. Trust in him and believe in him, even when you're struggling. And we're going to do our best to take tender care, as Paul wrote, take tender care of those who are weak. And then he closes out this next section with saying, be patient with everyone. And I think this is connected to this idea, even he tells us to do some things, right? And then he says, live peacefully. And he tells us to do some things and says, be patient. It's connected to just loving each other and staying connected that way. Living out what we talk about all the time is the meat and potatoes, loving God and loving people. Can we do that? Can we do that with individuals that we vehemently disagree with? Can you love your neighbor when your neighbor has varying different political views than you do? Can you love your neighbor when they view this whole pandemic the opposite way you do? This is a hard moment. This is a hard moment to be peaceful, to be patient. But I think God is calling us to a high standard. And he calls us to this high standard while we are still under grace. Can we be better followers of Jesus? Help us, Lord. He goes on. Verse 15. See that no one pays back evil for evil 
but always try to do good to show, sorry, always try to do good to each other and to all people. Let me read that again. See that no one pays back evil for evil, but always try to do good to each other and to all people. This is a hard passage to process. Because I think for us, our natural reaction is always to push back. If someone comes at us, we want to go at them. If someone takes a swing at me, my gut reaction is to take a swing at you. If you're yelling at me, I'm going to yell back. I'm not saying I should. That's my natural reaction. And Paul is telling us to get beyond our natural reaction. It's a fascinating thing to see. You can see it not even just with human beings, but even in the animal kingdom. I remember taking my dog Uzi uh, to um, puppy training, to dog training class. And in there, they were explaining, when you want your dog to sit, you gently pull up on the leash because the dog will automatically want to do the opposite. But if you want them to stand, you pull the opposite direction. They're always going to give you opposite reaction. And I think the same is true of human beings. If you swing at me, I'm going to swing at you. If you say hateful comments at me, my reaction isn't to love you isn't to come back and give kind words and gentleness to you, but that's what Jesus is asking us to do. Paul's instructions for us are modeled directly on Jesus and the gospel. When Jesus was being accused by Pilate, when Jesus was being accused by the Jewish leaders of doing the things that he was doing, even though he was innocent, he stayed silent in those moments. He didn't push it back. He didn't cry out to the Father and ask the Holy Spirit to do miracles, to fight back against something that was unjust. He told us at times, when someone smacks you on the cheek, give him the other cheek as well. When someone takes your cloak, give him your tunic as well. When you're asked to go a mile, go an extra mile. When someone does evil towards you, don't repay their evil with evil. This is so hard for me and something I get wrong all the time. And yet this hard standard is something that Christ, that Paul is encouraging us and that Christ tells us that we should follow. Don't repay evil for evil. We're being called to a higher standard even though we're under grace. Can we live out what Paul is instructing us to do? Can we be better followers of Jesus? He goes on, verse 16, and he says, always be joyful. <laughs> this is hard. And sometimes when I read stuff like that, it feels flippant. And I think of folks you know, some of you that wrestle even with unhappiness or with depression or even clinical depression uh, and people are like, well, have you tried being joyful? And you just want to, of course, stop. And I read this and I get frustrated even as I'm reading this, as Paul is giving us these instructions of always be joyful. 
And I think what's interesting when I read this, the, I'm going to skip a verse here quickly because he goes on in verse 18 to say, be thankful in all circumstances. And the reason I skipped it is it feels like a bit of a sandwich. Be joyful. Always be thankful. But right in the middle, and I'm so grateful for this, verse 17, he says, never stop praying. Always be joyful. Be thankful in all circumstances. But right in the middle of that, never stop praying. So that regardless of any circumstances that we're in, we can have that joy of the Lord. If God's Spirit really is living within us, when we're seeking Him, we can be full of joy. It took me a while to get into this place this week. It took me way longer than it usually does to find that place, to be meditating on the Lord, to be praising Him even out loud, to be praying and crying out to Him. But He gives us a little bit of that formula. Are you down and are you struggling? Seek the Lord and press in. Never stop praying. Do you need to be more thankful? Seek the Lord, press in. Never stop praying. And if you're struggling with it, and it's something that isn't as easy as flipping a switch, Here's the deal. We've already been instructed, right? We've already been instructed to be kind, to be tender, and to take tender care of those who are weak. I don't mean that in a belittling sense. I don't mean that to talk down to anyone that struggles or can't get through those things. But it can be hard, and it can be harder for some of us than others. But I appreciate that. It's not just be joyful, be thankful all the time. But it's be joyful, never stop praying, be grateful in all circumstances. For this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. He cares about us. He meets with us. And he gives us ways to get out of that slump. He goes on in verse um, 19, and he says, Do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Now, we talk about the Holy Spirit quite a bit, I think, at the tabernacle. The Holy Spirit isn't a power or a thing, but the Holy Spirit is a person, the third person of our triune God. We have the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is... I, when people ask me about the Holy Spirit, I describe him as a gentleman. And the reason I use that word is the Holy Spirit will never force himself on you. He will never do things that you cannot stop, right? And so let's think about this. The fact that he says, do not stifle the Holy Spirit. Some passages use the word quench as in putting out of a fire, right? Quench the Spirit, douse the Spirit. That means when the Holy Spirit is moving, or the Holy Spirit is filling you, or the Holy Spirit is drawing you, you can always say, stop. And I think that's a good and bad thing. <laughs> I think it's mostly good because it's showing God's grace towards us, that he's never going to do something out of our control. He's not going to spiritually force us into something, but we have control. We can quench 
what God is doing. But there's a danger in that. Because sometimes God starts moving. The Spirit starts stirring something in us or uh, reacting to us. Maybe, say, in a worship service. Or maybe directing you in your life or you're praying in your room. You can tell the Holy Spirit to stop. And maybe that's not good. If God's Spirit is moving, my encouragement is to let Him Let God's Spirit move. Let us not quench His Spirit as individuals or as a church. Especially now, God, we need your Spirit with us. We need you to do mighty and miraculous things. Let us not quench your Spirit. Let us not um, stifle your Spirit. In verse 20, it says, Do not scoff at prophecy. We've talked about prophecies kind of at length. Prophecies is just God speaking through his spirit to a human being, to an individual, and that individual sharing what they feel like the Lord is saying. Sometimes that's uh, scriptures that come to mind. Sometimes that's pictures. Sometimes it could be dreams. It can be many, many things, but it's sharing what God has told you. Uh, And he says, don't scoff at them. Many people might say to you at times, I feel like God is saying this. Or I was praying this morning as I was reading God's word and this passage came to mind and it made me think of you. Or maybe I I had this picture and let me know if this means something to you. But he says, don't scoff at them. He says instead, right? Test everything that is said. Hold on to what is good. It's a pastor friend of mine who I think has a, a, a very profound gift of prophecy. His name's Wayne Drain. And he says, prophecy like this, the way that he kind of describes this passage of scripture, said it's kind of like taking a bite of watermelon. He said, take a big bite, spit out the seeds, hold on to what is good, right? Paul's version, don't scoff at prophecies, test everything that is said, hold on to what is good. Is God speaking to you? Don't scoff at it. Don't quench the spirit. What is he trying to teach you in this season, in these moments that may be more stressful than usual? What is God bringing you through? What is he trying to show you? And what are you learning? Hold on to what is good. Test everything that is said. Do not scoff at prophecies. And then he just says, Stay away from every kind of evil. Let me encourage you in the season where many of us are still at home, maybe in times of boredom. That's when things will creep up, when you're bored, if we're lonely, if we don't have as much to do. Stay busy. Focus on the Lord. Spend time with Him. Focus on Him. Stay away from every kind of evil. (laughs) Are you encouraged this morning? I hope that you are. I think the Lord is bringing us through many things and we'll have times to reflect on all that we're learning in this season at this time. Are you encouraged? Are you spending time focusing on him? I hope that you are. Know that we're under grace. Know that God asks much of us but equips us for much and also We're judged by his standard, by his standard of grace. Thank you, Jesus. Let me encourage you this Sunday. Keep after him. God loves you. 
He cares about you. I want to encourage you to keep growing in your faith and keep following after him. Let me pray for you this morning. Jesus, thank you for everyone that's here, everyone that has connected in, whether they're regular attenders or they're new even this week. Lord, I pray that your spirit would encourage us today. May you fill us even now with your Holy Spirit. Lord, I admit that I need you and I know that we need you as a church. Help us, God. Help us to be better followers of you. Help us to have more and more faith and more and more ability to do the things that you want us to do to please you in the ways that you would like. We love you so much. You are good, God. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. It's been great to worship with you this morning.